Well, I hope you guys have been having a great morning. It has been so fun to see my favorite part of Family Sunday, which is when people just sit together and you get to talk and you get to learn someone's name. And I hope you'll continue to do that. While this teaching time is going on, I'm actually going to be asking kids to help. So kids, if you want to get a marker and get ready, there are a few things I'm going to need your help with, okay? Right now, kids or grown-ups, I want you to do something for me. I want you to draw a map of your neighborhood. Doesn't have to be perfect, but just draw where your house is, and then around it, draw any neighbors you might know, right? This is so-and-so's house, and they've got a really cool tire swing, and this is where my family had a barbecue the other night. I want you to kind of draw your neighborhood. Uh, Grown-ups, you can do this too. And while you're doing that, I want to tell you why neighborhoods really, really matter to our church. Neighborhoods are the heart of why Bethany exists on the east side. Bethany started 102 years ago as a church in Ballard, a different neighborhood. We moved to Green Lake in the 60s, another different neighborhood. And then about eight or so years ago, we started planting these little churches and we're one church in six places, six different neighborhoods, if you will. And it's a wonderful thing about our church that we have this history, but that we're also connected to this bigger thing that God is doing around the city. And so I want to tell you guys what we've been trying to say for 102 years and what I want us to be able to say to our neighbors in the year to come. Kids, this is going to be up on the screen. I need your help with this. Are you ready? It goes like this. God sends help through his people. Can you say that whole thing with me? God sends help through his people. Write that down on your table. Throughout the rest of the morning, when I say God sends help, I want you guys to say the last part of the sentence. Are you ready? Let's try it. God sends help. Say it one more time. God sends help through his people. We're going to talk about why do we need help? What is that about? Who needs help in this room? Why would God send the church, his people, to do that? And then we're going to talk about two things that we can do practically to live into that. So turn to the first page of your handout. Grab your handout with the Jesus Storybook Bible. It looks like this. It's the darkest of all your pages. Can everybody get to that page? Kind of hold it up. What's different about this page? There's not that many colors, right? It's kind of a darker picture. The story that goes with it is a little more sad. It's the story of people who thought they were going to be following Jesus, thought that things were going to be great, but then they were confused. Jesus had left them. He'd gone back to heaven. The text says they were given a job. They didn't know how to do. Anybody ever had that happen to you before? where someone asks you to do something and you go, I have no idea how to do this. Fill in the blank with parenting, right? Like, I have no idea how to do this. Fill in the blank with your work. If every one of us could admit, could admit with courage to our coworkers, yeah, I really have no idea what I'm doing, that would change the culture of work in the world. Kids, I want you to draw something at your table. Listen up. I want you to draw something that you have been asked to do that you don't know how to do or draw something that just kind of scares you a little bit. You can be a little vulnerable. It could be something that you don't like doing. It could be something that scares you a little bit. I've always been a little bit afraid of the dark, so I would just draw in the dark, right? So be drawing that while I'm talking here. What are East Siders afraid of? What are the people of the East Side uniquely afraid of? I want to throw out a couple of ideas, and I think these apply to kids and grown-ups. People are afraid of not being noticed. They're afraid that our lives don't matter. They're afraid that we don't really know what we're doing. They're afraid of looking foolish. 
or looking weak or looking small. This is so true on the east side because we have such a high-functioning, hyper-focused on success culture. And it may not be unique to us, but it is definitely a challenge we face. And parents in the room, if none of those things resonate with you as your fear, be thinking about what you're passing on to your kids because you're showing them your fears every single day. And so what's the solution? What are we supposed to do? What does the scripture tell us we actually need? It's right there in the text. We need new hearts. Kids, can you say that with me? New hearts. Can we say that one more time? New hearts. Draw a heart on your table. Draw a big, beautiful heart. Draw something colorful. Draw something wonderful that represents a heart. It is about your heart. When we think about things that we're afraid of, when we think about parts of the scriptures where we go, gosh, these people really were afraid or I feel afraid, it's about having a new heart. Grab your uh, handout again and then turn with me to this page with the fire. Can you turn to this page that has the fire? Can all you guys grab that for me? It's the one that has the fire. All the Pentecostals in the room are going, all right, here we go. But this isn't just about the Holy Spirit doing something miraculous visibly. This is about something that touches and changes the heart. Listen to this. This is from 329. They, the disciples, they had seen Jesus go away, but now he was closer than he had ever been. He was inside their hearts. And this time, nothing could ever separate them. Jesus would always be there with them, loving them, whispering the promise that would get rid of the poison and the terrible lie and the sickness in their hearts. God's wonderful promise to them, you are my child and I love you. Can we have that slide up on the screen real quick, Ian? I want you guys to read this with me. What does it say? You are my child. I love you. Say it again. You are my child. I love you. You just took big steps into having a new heart, Bethany. You just took big steps into this reality that our world needs to know about, is desperate to know about. Every one of us, when we know our identity as a child of God and that he loves us, we are free to challenge the status quo. We are free to do things that we never thought possible. Okay, you ready to help me out with this, you guys? God sends help. Let's do it again. God sends help through his people. You are his people. You have a job to do. You have new hearts that you need to share, that you need to step into. What's the number one way that you experience a new heart? It's not with your brain. Look around. It's in relationships. It's with the people at your table. It's with the people that you work next to. Relationships are the key to experiencing this new heart this new way of life. I want all of us to keep leaning into the relationships we make together today. The people sitting around you, they are with you and they are for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for you. I want to make sure that your life, your experience of this new heart is deeper and richer than it could ever be. And we've got to be willing to go to some pretty amazing places together. And I'll share a story about that at the very end. The two things I want us to do, now that we know about the new heart, now that we know about how God has sent his help, what? God sends help through his people. Say it again. God sends help through his people. That's you guys. That's us. How do we invite people into this? This is one of our biggest challenges as a church. Since I've been here, we've existed in this space. We have watched downtown Kirkland change dramatically around us. There are massive new apartment buildings going in over behind the QFC. Every single person that walks into those buildings, every person that comes into our lives needs to know that we're here and that they are invited to be a part of it. They will never know about the wonder of being a part of a church where people are experiencing new hearts and new lives unless we tell them. 
They probably won't just trip and stumble here. We got to show them where to go. For me, that actually is really hard to do. Even though I'm a pastor, I'm not a big evangelist. It's not one of my strongest strengths to talk to people. It's not my highest gifting. What is among my highest giftings is being intentional and being with people and asking questions and just trying to listen. However you are wired, lean into this call to be an invitational people. To say, you know what? When I go to church on Sundays and when my kids are being cared for, when I can worship, I am restored. I am made new. You can invite someone to be a part of that experience with you. And it's powerful. How will people know unless we tell them? All right, kids, one more time. God sends help. God sends help through his people. We got to invite people into that and we need to invest in what God is doing here. Investment just means doing something that kind of makes you uncomfortable. That costs you a little bit of your comfort. Maybe it's teaching kids in our Sunday school program. Maybe it's helping to lead worship. Maybe it's finally joining a small group. One of my favorite things that we did together as a church this last year is this, this picture that Ian's going to show us. This is Community Serve Day. This is my kids' elementary school. This is Robert Frost Elementary School. They'd never had Community Serve Day before, and 105 people from the community showed up. That's amazing. That is not an accident. 40 people from our church came to help. We were at other schools in our community as well. This is investment. This is where we are going. This is who we're called to be. We're not going to treat schools passively. We're not just going to drop our kids off and run away. We're going to get to know teachers. We're going to pray for them. We're going to try to support them. If you're a parent, I would challenge you to learn the names of every kid in your kid's class and pray for them by name. Get to know their classmates. Get to know their teachers. Get to know the people who are investing in them. If you don't have kids yet, we want to invite you to invest in schools too. Talk to someone at your table who does have kids and say, tell me your, tell me your school's name. I just want to be praying for your school. Tell me your kid's teacher's name. I want to be praying for them. Kids, write down on your, your butcher paper the name of your school. Write down the name of your school. Write it right now. Write down the name of your school. Draw a picture of the building or the front door that you walk through. If you don't have kids in school, write down the name of your elementary school and share that a little bit later on. Get to know somebody. Friends, how does God send help? God sends help. How does God send help? God sends help through his people. That's us. We have a calling. We're going to invest. We're going to invite people in. And I believe with all my heart, this is the future that God has for us in the year to come. I have some friends who live not far away from me And not too long ago, they had something happen that would just be devastating to any family. They had a son, and he didn't live that long. They lost their son, and it was awful. And these friends are wonderful people. They belong to another church. And so every year on their son's birthday, they celebrate his birthday. They remember his life. They remember who he was. And they celebrate with this wonderful theme of rainbows, rainbows. Because on the day he was born and on the day some other important things happened, there were rainbows in the sky. And if you know about rainbows, you know that God uses it to remind us of his promise, that he will never, ever leave us. He will never forsake us. And so these friends, every year, they throw this rainbow-themed birthday party. And this last year, the people that know them, the people who've invested in them, they decorated the outside of their house with rainbows. On the day of their son's birthday, they walked out in the morning and there were rainbow balloons and rainbow streamers. There was a rainbow blanket, rainbow cake. And it was an amazing moment. And I saw this friend of mine, this mom, after that experience. And she said, yeah, it was just amazing. 
You can't put a price on being known. You can't put a price on being known. You cannot order relationship from Amazon. You cannot dial it up. You have to do it here. You have to invest. You have to be present. We have to be an invitational community so that the experiences like my friends had, how do you think they felt? They felt cared for. They felt loved. They felt like people really knew their story. If that's what you want to be a part of, you are in the right place. And I want to invite you to continue that work here with me, with our leaders, with this amazing community. Can we do that together? Yes? Can we do it together? Can we do it alone? No. Can we do it together? Yes. All right. Join me in prayer. Gracious God, thank you that your scriptures remind us again and again that you send help through your people. You don't send help just to get people out of jams. You send help to get people where they need to be. God, as we unite our voices together again and sing, as we get ready to celebrate Bree and her wonderful ministry through this meal, we know that you are in charge of this time and we know you're in charge of our lives. Help us to be a people who invite and who invest in the year to come. We ask in the name of Christ. Amen.